Welcome to How Do You Write? I'm your host, Rachel Heron. On this podcast, I talk to authors about how they write, what their process is, and how their lives fit together. I'll keep each episode short so you can get back to writing. Well, hello, writers. Welcome to episode number 80 of How Do You Write? I'm Rachel Heron, and as usual, I am completely thrilled and delighted that you are choosing to spend some of your very valuable, precious time with me on this podcast, Talking to Writers. Um, Today's episode, as usual, because I'm very lucky in these matters, is 100% delightful. I'm talking to Jill Bagachinsky, who is just dreamy, and I loved getting to know her, and she is apparently writing books for me, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, You're going to love talking to her. I do apologize um, to you, my listeners, and to Chris, my producer, my new producer, who's helping me with these things, because uh, the room is full of noise today. There's cats meowing and dogs chewing on bones, but uh, you know, life happens, and so if you hear those things, that's just because my life is going on in the background. I am feeling pretty wired, pretty amped today, pretty good. Uh, I think that is because I finished a uh, Patreon essay today, which I'm very happy with. This is about my February month of music, uh, this particular essay, and it is about how I joined my band, which has done wonders for my heart and my soul and my spirit. And um, yesterday, for example, I had to go to band practice. It was the end of a very long weekend, um, the end of yet another emotional week. Uh, And I had had an RWA board meeting in the morning and I was just dead. I did not want to go. I wanted to cancel. I wanted to go home and crawl into bed and pull the covers up over my head. but I'm committed to this band and it was band rehearsal time and I am gone for the next couple of rehearsals. Anyway, I'm going to be in Spain. So I just went and within one song of just singing one song with the band, all of my energy came back. All of my drive and enthusiasm landed on me and And it just feels so, 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 so good to sing, to use my voice in a way that isn't writing, to have this music always in and around me. So um, I had a wonderful time writing this essay about this particular month of music. So that goes out at the end of February. Um, As always, my Patreon is at patreon.com slash Rachel, R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And um, if you did pledge over there, you get all of the back essays and all of that. So speaking of that, I want to thank a few new patrons. Thanks, you guys. It really, really does mean the world to me that um, you're listening, that you're supporting, that you're reading the essays, that you like what I'm doing, and you're helping me. Uh, Thanks to Jennifer Gagliardi and darling Chloe Adler. Darling Chloe. Amy Stevens. Thank you so much, Amy. And Barbara, I'm going to say Bayer. I might be pronouncing that wrong. Thank you guys so, 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 so much. It means the world. Um, in other news, I am going out of town and I am taking March off. That's my Patreon replenish challenge for March. So uh, yeah, I've talked about it here before. I'm terrified of doing it. Hopefully I do it. I'm going to try my damnedest. There are going to be a few things that arise that I'm going to have to handle, but I'm going to try to keep them small. And um, and as limited as I possibly can, but I'm going to take this time off, which means that I'm talking quickly because I have two more days to get everything done before I have to leave and take the month off. So we're going to jump right into the interview now. Uh, 
And I would also like to say that this is the last intro that you're going to hear for the month of March. Um, for the pre-recorded interviews in March, it's just going to jump right into the interview. So there won't be any of this. Um, it'll be a little bit shorter. <laughs> Dogs are just like throwing bones against the doors, um, trying to get me out of the house. So enjoy, Jill. I absolutely know you will. Keep up your writing. Let me know how you're doing. Send me an email. Send me a tweet. I'm going to be active on Instagram, probably the most while I'm gone. So Instagram.com slash Rachel Heron. Come follow me there. Hopefully I'll be picture I'll be posting pictures of Barcelona and having a great time. So in the meantime, um, happy writing to you, my friends, and thank you so much for listening. We'll talk soon. Hey, you're a writer. Did you know that I send out a free weekly email of writing encouragement? Go sign up for it at rachelherron.com slash write, and you'll also get my Stop Stalling and Write PDF with helpful tips you can use today to get some of your own writing done. Okay, now on to the interview. All right, well, I could not be more pleased today to welcome Jill Bagachinski to the show. Hi, Jill. Hi, thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, thank you Fantastic. for being here. Um, <laughs> Rekka, RJ Theodore, hooked us up together, and um, I am already in love with your book that's coming out this year, and let me give you a little bio. Um, Jill Bagachinsky remembers staring down the bones of prehistoric beasts during a trip to the American Museum of Natural History in New York City when she was six. That visit spurred a lifelong fondness for paleontology that inspired the first draft of Mammoth, her upcoming young adult contemporary novel. Jill lives in Florida with a couple of very strange cats. If she's not writing, she's probably goofing off at Disney World, pretending she can knit or and or buying more books than she could possibly read. But let's not kid ourselves, she's most likely writing. So yay, knitter. That's just like a, that's like <laughs> oh, a yeah. side bonus. <laughs> I'm terrible at it, but I love it for anxiety relief. So, you know, I'll just sit there, watch TV and knit these giant blankets that you know, it's the most simple kind of knitting in the world, but it's 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 very satisfying. I'm working on a huge blanket right now out of Noro, the the <laughs> ten stitch blanket, and it's just going to take okay. me my whole life. And you know, mm-hmm. you live in Florida, I live in California. We don't need that many blankets, we but it's, don't. It's but they're better than scarves for hot weather. Yeah. You know, you can always use a blanket, but a scarf is for Florida. No, that's a good <laughs> point. That's a very. I need more blankets. Oh, well, it's so nice to have you. And this show is about um, writers and their processes. So I would love to ask you about your writing process. Um, What is it? Where? How much? How often? All of that stuff. Well, I'm sure you've heard of NaNoWriMo. Oh, I'm on the writer's board. Okay, that's what I use. That's my process. That's how I get out my rough drafts. I write 50 to 60,000 words in a month. And it's usually a big old mess because I do it so quickly. But that's what revising is for. So you know, I don't outline, I don't do anything like that first. I really, I envy people who can do that. My brain does not work like that. I just, yeah, I just want to write the whole story out, see where it goes. I don't usually know where it's going. And so it's kind of exciting to me. It's almost like reading the book as I'm writing it. Oh my gosh, that's really cool. That's a, what a good way to say it. What comes to you first, the plot or the characters? Definitely the characters. Oh yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, plot is actually my biggest challenge. Me because too. It's so hard. I hate plot. I, love, I hate plot. I just love characters. I want to just have the characters playing on the page, you know? And then, then all of a sudden I give it to my beta readers and they go, Okay, but nothing happens for these four chapters. Oh, yeah, I forgot to actually have a plot in there. So, <laughs> I yeah, I'm always being told to be, it's like, raise the stakes. 
Yes. You know, I turned and, in an entire book once and my editor told me that there was no plot. And oh, I had no. to like <laughs> go back and inject a plot. But uh-huh. but wouldn't it be nice if we could just let these characters play and have fun and get into scrapes oh, yeah. and then get mm-hmm. them out of them? Yeah, and that's what's so great about NaNoWriMo is that it encourages you to just kind of go wild on the page and let them do what they want. And then, okay, you can fix it later. You can add a plot later. And Yeah. And I, I, I find that so much comes up that I would not have thought of otherwise because I'm just racing through it like that. And when did you first um, hear of or do NaNoWriMo? Oh, it's been a number of years. Um, let's see. I did it for Spooky Girl, my first book, and that was back in 2009, and I had been doing it for several years before that. So awesome. probably 2006. That was my first so, year. 2006 okay, was, yeah, was, was my year. And I will say clear, uh, uh, quickly, just for anybody who happens to not know what NaNoWriMo is, it is National Novel Writing Month, uh, NaNoWriMo.org. Look it up. It'll change your life if you haven't done it. Mm-hmm. So, so, Jill, where do you write? Oh, I write sometimes at home and sometimes at coffee shops. I love little like independent divey coffee shops. And where I live right now, I don't know of any, but for several years I lived in Augusta, Georgia, Mm -hmm. and we had a coffee shop there called the Metro and it was downtown. It was a coffee shop during the day and a dive bar at night. And it was just the coolest place to go, right? What a great idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Why don't people do that more often? Great. I don't know because it was just (laughs) one of my happy places. It's one of the things I miss most about living in Georgia. Yeah, and I find I find places like Starbucks very antiseptic, and I don't like yeah. writing at mm-hmm. Starbucks. I'll do it sometimes when I'm traveling because mm-hmm. they're a sure thing, and you can get wireless, you can get, you can get Wi-Fi. Yeah, but mm-hmm. other than that, there's just no heart. Yeah, I write at Starbucks sometimes, but it's if I don't have any other options, that's where I'll end up. Now, so you get your first draft out. Um, does mm-hmm. that mean that you are a natural person who likes to revise? How do you feel about revision? Um, I, I don't mind it at all. I think it's great because it's, you know, I can fix everything that I made a mess of in the first draft. And when I revise, I literally rewrite the book. You know, I have two different word documents open and I just retype everything so that I can just craft it more and have it sound better. You literally retype it. You don't, you don't copy and paste in. No, no. Very rarely do I copy and paste because there's so many little things that I want to play with while I'm revising. I have heard. It it takes a while, but I've heard similar methods, but I've never heard of something that clear. Mm -hmm. It seems like that could work for a lot of people. Yeah, that's just what I've always done, and I think it makes me more fearless when I'm writing the rough draft because I know I'm going to redo the scene anyway. It doesn't matter if I'm making a mess right now. No one's ever going to see that. Yeah. Nope. Exactly. Oh, awesome. (laughs) What is your biggest challenge when it comes to writing? Oh, definitely. Like I said, plot. (laughs) Raising mistakes. Yeah. (laughs) That's just. (laughs) What is your greatest joy? Um, Definitely writing characters, coming up with characters, writing dialogue, kind of letting them connect with each other. I love little romantic moments because I'm such a romantic. So even though I'm not writing actual romance novels, Mm -hmm. I just have these little moments where the characters start connecting and have their, their meet cutes and that sort of thing. And I just, I love it so much. (laughs) How much, how much do you know about your characters before you start a book? I don't usually know too much. I kind of learn about them while I am writing. So I have a basic idea about them. And then you know, it's, it's almost like being introduced to them while I'm writing those early scenes. I, I often feel like that. And I often feel like I don't know, especially my main character. I can get to know my other characters 
easier, but my main character, I don't usually know until the end of the book. And then I go back and revise the first half to make it match what she turned into right around, Mm -hmm. you know, the halfway mark. Oh, I love it when you don't really know exactly where something's going like that. And then it becomes clear. And yeah, I I just love that. I either love it or I hate it because sometimes I absolutely (laughs) know where they should go and they Mm -hmm. do not go there. And that, that never pleases me. And it's always, they are, they always go to the right place, but, um, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Uh, But they don't take the path you wanted. No, damn them. (laughs) I hate that about them. (laughs) That and plot. Oh, this is, this is, this is, this is not off topic, but it, um, do you listen to any other writing podcasts? I'm not at the moment. No, I've just started listening. My agent has a young adult podcast. So I've been listening to that one. And that's been taking up most of my podcast time. There is one called the self publishing podcast with this group of guys named Johnny, Sean and Dave. And I'm I'm sure a lot of people listening might be familiar with them. And they have a new thing that I'm not sure how I feel about it. But I think I might like it as an idea, although I'd never do it. They are offering um, as a business you buy from them a cover, a title, a blurb, and a plot synopsis. Oh, wow. And then you, and write, you write based the, on that. You write based <laughs> on that. And they're all like unique. And, you know, the way they talk about it is, you know, so you don't have to figure all those things out after you know them going in. And I would, I think it's like something, somebody told me this, this is all hearsay. Um, but somebody told me it's like $5,000, which, but, yeah. but, but there's something so attractive to me about somebody just giving me the plot. I know. That <laughs> I could, part I really like. Yeah. I could just show yeah, up. Tell me what to write. Yes. Yeah. And then I could make the characters myself and, oh uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So if anybody wants to give me one of those for 50 bucks, I will pay you 50 bucks. Actually, I'm not. I'm not, I probably won't. <laughs> Can you share? Definitely an interesting business idea, Isn't though. It? And I'd be yeah. I'm curious mm-hmm. to know how it flies. I bet it will yeah. fly. I bet it will. <laughs> I bet Can, so. Can mm-hmm. you share a quick craft tip of any sort with us? Uh, I would say when you have written the rough draft or the first revision and you're ready to show it to some of your beta readers, first take some time and read it out loud to yourself. I love to do that. It sounds tedious, but I find so many little... Oh, but I find so many little awkward moments that I don't catch if I'm just reading it in my head. So especially for people who write fiction, at least go and read the dialogue out loud because it sounds completely different than when it's in your head and you catch a lot of strange little things that you didn't otherwise notice. How do you do it? Are you looking at your computer when you read it out loud or are you reading off a Kindle Mm -hmm. or just... No, I just, I usually just read it right on the computer and it's, it definitely is tedious, but... I just, I catch so many little things where, oh, I repeated that word three times in this paragraph and I didn't even notice that before, or this just doesn't sound right. Let me just tinker with it a little bit. And I don't know, it just, I I get definitely tedious, but it works for me. So that's one of those things on the top of my list to someday really do, to really do. I did did recently record an audio book of my um, nonfiction that came out and, Mm -hmm. and in, in the course of recording the audio book that happened. I just oh, okay. kept finding these things, mm-hmm. but they were on the fly. And then I would go back and fix the book when I was, you know, back. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, that was super, Okay, super but helpful. so you see how it works, though. It was great. Yeah. And it was embarrassing, <laughs> to be honest, mm-hmm. like to see how. And this had been edited and revised and edited and it, it, all those things were still in I there. I still find it, oh. yeah. Oh, I guarantee I could go back to my book that was published a couple of years ago and 
find things like that if I did it right now. It's yeah. So don't, don't. <laughs> no, no. Mm-mm. I try not to. <laughs> so when you have self-doubt or dark days, how do you deal with that? I try to just accept that that's part of the writing and publishing process. There are going to be crappy days, especially for, you know, if you want to get into publishing or whether it's traditional or self-publishing, anything like that. If you're putting your work out there, you're going to have some not so great days. And I think it's important to just accept that, you know, there's going to be somebody who reads three pages of the book that you spent two two years on and they're going to say, they're going to go over to Goodreads and they're going to say, this is the (laughs) last thing I ever read. One star. I wish I could give it none. (laughs) And and you're going to see that and you're going to be like, why am I doing this? Just accept that that's part of the game. And, you know, you, you love writing enough to, get past that sort of thing. But also have a couple of friends that in private you can vent to and let them get really mad for you because that's much less exhausting than getting mad yourself. I think that's an incredibly important pro tip to have those friends I, that you can say. Yeah. I, have, I have two girlfriends that I um, we have this running competition as to who has the worst one-star reviews. Like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't even read reviews anymore. I literally, I, I know that sounds like a line, but I really don't. But every once in a while, just for fun, I will go to Amazon or Goodreads and click on just the one-star so they come up. And it is so much fun. And we'll compete to see who has the most ludicrous. <laughs> oh, there are some out there. My agent tells us, don't even bother reading reviews. Don't do it. But I still read some of mine. And there is one one-star review floating around out there for Spooky Girl that someday I'm going to embroider it on a pillow because it's really short and I just love it that much. It's just that Do you remember absurd. what it says? I don't off the top of my head. It's just a couple of words. And that person was really angry. <laughs> And I'm just, I'm like, that's, that's kind of wonderful. I'm going to embroider that on a pillow someday. (laughs) The embroidery idea is so genius. And I think I might do it for those two girlfriends. The next do it. There you go. You're set for holiday presents now. You know exactly. (laughs) Okay. That is 100% delightful. I love, I love, love, love that. Thank you for making my day. (laughs) Okay. What is the best book that you've read recently? And why did you love it? Oh, I just finished this one yesterday. Love, Hate, and Other Filters. It's a young adult contemporary by Samira Ahmed. And full disclosure, I know Samira. She is one of my agent's other clients. And we're like almost like a family. We have, she's my agent sibling. Who is your agent? What we call each other. Uh, Eric Smith of PS Literary. I don't know him. Okay. And he's, yeah, he, he's awesome. But um, this book is, it's a hashtag own voices book, which Great. is a big thing in young adult contemporary yeah. these days. It's very, you know, this movement for diversity. And the book's about an Indian-American Muslim teenager. And at first, she's caught between what her parents want for her versus what she wants for herself and her own hopes and dreams. And she has a little bit of a love triangle going on. And it's just this very cute, fluffy, young adult contemporary romance. And then there is a terrorist attack (gasps) on the United States in the course of the book. Yeah. And this changes the entire book. And it's very jarring in a very, very relatable way. You know, considering some of the news that we see these days, it's just very sobering and such an important story. And it goes on to how this all affects her and her family, even though, of course, they have nothing to do with any of this that's going on. But it just, there's very real consequences to it. And it also... When I was reading it, it made me question some of the assumptions that I made about the attack while I was reading. And it just, 
It was really sobering and really, yeah, I think it will make a lot of people kind of think twice about some of the ideas that they have. That sounds awesome. Did you read The Hate You Give? It's on my to-be-read list. I have not read it yet, but it's like right on the top of the list, and I'm so looking forward it to it. It's so it enjoyable. Sounds, mm-hmm. It is, and, and it's reminding me, and even the cover is real similar, I think, um, mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of tone. But uh, I, The Hate You Give, I was... I was um, I don't know. I, I had some kind of, sometimes the really big books, I have a little bit of reluctance, like, well, everybody loves it. Do I have to read it? And I picked mm-hmm. it up. And I remember I was literally on page two when I said to myself, she has me completely. Her language, <laughs> I just want to do, I want to go anywhere with this author, with this character, mm-hmm. like a page two. So yeah, that's and another YA hashtag own voices book. And it's just yes. wonderful. So, mm-hmm. so I think yep. pairing those together might be a, a Oh, definitely. A yeah. Deal. They're a very good comparison there. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so what would you like to tell us about right now? Actually, you know what I want to, I know what I want to tell listeners about because <laughs> I pulled up the, um, the Amazon page for Mammoth, which comes mm-hmm. out in, was it October of this year? Uh, November. November. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, and I just, for listeners, I just want to read the first paragraph of the blurb. Um, the summer before her junior year, paleontology geek Natalie Page lands a coveted internship at an Ice Age dig site near Austin, Texas. Natalie, who's also a plus size fashion blogger, depends on the retro style and persona she developed to shield herself from her former bullies, but vintage dresses and designer heels aren't compatible with digging for fossils it's like you're writing a book for me i (laughs) cannot wait to read this book oh my gosh when when i was when i was a teenager you know um we lived overseas and it was on this small island and there was a big archaeological dig that was happening and my we were homeschooled and my mom somehow got them to agree to let us work on the site. So, oh, you know, we wow. were we were seriously grunts. <laughs> you know, they were, you know, it's like 14 years oh, old yeah. and they're just making mm-hmm. us shake the shake the filters or whatever the, yes. you know, the screens. Mm-hmm. And but mm-hmm. just for that week of doing it, I have been obsessed with this idea ever since and the things that we were finding, they looked like nothing to me. They looked, you know, mm-hmm. that's a rock and that's a rock, but somebody would come up and say that's not a rock, that's a bone or that's a shard yep. of pottery. Mm-hmm. And fascinating. <laughs> so so this love of paleontology then comes naturally to you. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not a paleontologist myself, but I did a lot of research. Uh, I worked at the Waco Mammoth National Monument for about a week. I learned Ooh. how to, to dig fossils and prospect, and I went to bone labs and I talked to paleontologists all while I was writing mammoths because I really so cool. wanted all the scientific details to be as accurate as possible. And also, actually, one of the things, one of the ways to tell the bone from the rock, I learned yeah. is if you lick the bone, your tongue will stick. No way! Yes. <laughs> so I have actually licked a little piece of mammoth fossil to see, and yes, your tongue does stick because it's yeah. Okay, that is amazing, <laughs> and I love it. <laughs> but so then, I learned all kinds of things like that while I was uh, researching mammoth. And marrying that to a plus size fashion blogger, which is like my other obsession <laughs> on Instagram anyway well like I'm falling asleep that's what I like to look at so thank you for mm-hmm. writing this book but I, <laughs> I diverted from the from the question um where should we look for you what should we be looking for where can we find you oh well the book comes out this November so um it is up on Amazon now they're not finished with the listing yet the ebook isn't available yet my publisher is still working on that but in the meantime I am on Twitter at Jill Bagachinsky and I'm posting all the updates 
um, about Mammoth there. We just did the the official cover reveal today, and that was super exciting. Oh, My just, Twitter's been blowing up all day. And yeah. it's a fantastic mm-hmm. cover. Like, you really oh, I just, cover I lottery love for it. that one. I just love it. The fossils in the shape of a heart. That's just, that's so perfect for the book. It's so soft. I love it. <laughs> and tell me a little bit about Spooky Girl, because I didn't, I didn't investigate that yet. Uh, Spooky Girl, it was a book that I wrote in, okay, for NaNoWriMo in 2009. And then in 2011, it won the Amazon Breakthrough Novel Award for Young Adult Fiction, that contest that Amazon used to have. Yes, I remember. So Congratulations. The, yep, so they, thank you. So they flew me out to Seattle for that. And the grand prize was a uh, publishing contract with a penguin imprint. So Dutton Children's Books published Spooky Girl. It came out in 2012. You go. And, and it's about a, a young paranormal investigator trying to figure out what happened to her mother who was also a paranormal investigator and who died during an investigation so it's kind of a mystery and it's paranormal and it's I'm completely just, different from mammoth but, but yeah I'm just that's gonna my, go, my firstborn i'm gonna go one click it because i just feel like you're writing for <laughs> for me anything that i want to want to read so like you said in the email that we were t- you know how my show increases to the tbr pile you should see my tbr pile but it's full of amazing things so I can't wait to read this too oh thank you so well thank you so much for being on the show Jill it's a delight to talk to you as I pretty much knew it would be (laughs) well thank you so much Rachel I appreciate you having me and this has been so much fun absolutely let's stay in touch definitely okay definitely bye thank you bye (laughs) thanks so much for joining me on this episode of how do you write You can reach me on Twitter, Rachel Heron, or at my website, rachelheron.com. You can also support me on Patreon and get essays on living your creative life for as little as a buck an essay at patreon.com slash Rachel, spelled R-A-C-H-A-E-L. And do sign up for my free weekly newsletter of encouragement to writers at rachelheron.com slash write. Now go to your desk and create your own process. Get to writing, my friends.